Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Raph. Hey, Raph. What's going on? <laughs> Hello, Raphael. Yeah. What's um, going on? You're back in America. We have to celebrate. Yeah. We're, we're both back on, on, on solid ground in North America. Yeah. <laughs> East Coast. It's, it's so funny uh, experiencing the United States from the media outside of the U.S. and then being here because... My parents are always watching the news and they're very critical of the U.S. and Trump. Mm. Mm. And then they show all these pictures of America collapsing on TV. And then you're here and it's like, that's pretty nice here. (laughs) People are not killing each other. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. It's always like that no matter where you go in the world, though, right? And Christina, just uh, this weekend, there's the New York City Triathlon. And mm-hmm. part of it is that they swim in the Hudson River. And I was like, damn, that sounds gross. And you might catch a disease. And then it turns out they cleaned up the water so much around New York that now there's uh, big whales because there's a I lot of fish that. now. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how good news doesn't travel as much as bad news. Well, until a whale eats someone. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, it's the kidding. same thing. It's so funny it's like, with, with news. I'm, I'm sure Japan throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, there was like mm-hmm. a constant flood of news about ov- overpopulation and how that was going to destroy the country. Mm-hmm. And now there's a constant flood of underpopulation. <clears throat> oh, so right. No matter what, people are panicking. But isn't um, <clears throat> isn't Japan uh, now just a toxic wasteland of radioactive uh, and, and the waters? <laughs> it's just dead fish. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a glowing green Super Mario character is all around. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course things are bad for different people. You know, we're lucky wherever we go. There's sort of a red carpet rolled out for us. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. We re- relatively comfortable lives. I was yeah, just yeah. watching. I, like I, watched, a, I watched Moonlight, that movie. I, I held off oh, yeah. a long time because it's not exactly a feel good movie, but it's an amazing movie. I think yeah. it is a feel good movie in a way. And, in a way, and, yeah. A but it's life. it's it's not the type of movie when you know you're really tired and you're like, oh, let's watch uh, Naked Gun or something. Mm, right, it's not idiocracy. By the way, no idiocracy is more depressing. Your idiocracy recommendation, though, keeps coming up for me outside of uh, the podcast. Oh, it does. So, it's a bit uh, scary. It's a bit like 1984, where yeah. it started as a joke, and now you're like, okay, that's the world we live in, I guess. But I think that it's be- yeah, exactly. That's why maybe people are referring to it. like it came up in a boardroom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. so this week you, uh, we had a, a listener who suggested a topic, right? An unsolicited unsolicited uh, suggestion of what we should talk about. Apparently, there's no trust in us coming up with... No, well, this th- is happening. Thank you. It's happening thank you. more and no, more. <laughs> I, think, I think it's the same with uh, the ads were an unsolicited submission and so it was an idea from listeners too but the field yeah. recordings was that an idea i don't know i like this uh, suggestions thank you yeah it was a great suggestion yeah we get suggestions from time to time i love getting suggestions so um, the, the suggestion came from jack rieger from new york and the email topic said transportation and waste but the email body the content of the email didn't mention transportation it was more his question was about waste in in different aspects of life Maybe it was a two-part email, and he scaled it back. He's like, yeah. "Ah, this transportation thing doesn't make sense." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I immediately thought about efficiency and how efficiency is the obsession with waste. It's like, where mm-hmm. can we trim the fat? Mm-hmm. But for example, when you think that human labor is is a waste and that you can trim the fat and save money, 
I mean, you keep a bigger piece of the pie, but for those humans, those jobs are not a waste. So That's how capitalism works, though. The definition, really, of capitalism is, like, how much money can you... St- it's not money, but really labor can you steal from another human being without paying them. <laughs> do, do, do you have any positive interpretation of capitalism, or are you, are you for a planned economy? Uh, I Like, the thing is, I think... Um, Let's see, like if it's real capitalism, but what we have in most of the world is no longer, you know, kind of proper capitalism. There's so many, there's so much oligarchy, right? There's so, there are a few people, we've talked about this in previous podcasts even, I think now we have these, there's this illusion of competitiveness, but in the United States, for example, last week was net neutrality day. There was a net neutrality day where all of different websites sort of slowed themselves down or put up warnings or- It's like the Monopoly game, right? Yeah, but in protest of like the you know these four three or four big companies in the United States, apparently only you know ninety percent of Americans or something like that are only have two options for internet service. Provider. I only have I only have one broadband option. Right. Yeah. So I, and, I yeah. can get Verizon DSL, but I think that's about ten times uh, slower than cable. So right. that's not really an option. And mm-hmm. then there's FiOS, which is not here yet. Uh, well, yeah, and even though it's mandated by law in New York that it be there. So. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. <laughs> so it's it's clear that with utilities and things that are hard to get to people and you need a lot of infrastructure, there's not a lot of competition. Yeah, and of course in Europe, the government put all the internet uh, lines in and then like companies built yeah. stuff on but, top. But if, if, we, if we step a few steps back and just think of the idea of, of waste... There's almost a moral interpretation of where your energy should mm, be mm, should be used. Yeah, there's a, it's the the idea. For example, there's a, a, in Western culture, there's a very high opinion that work is a good way to spend your time. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So and like, so and 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 like, it's spent hanging out with your friends in the park and smoking weed is wasting time. When actually. Right the logical outcome of technology would be that you can just hang out in the park and smoke weed. That's true. You're, you're right. Like, implicit in this idea, if we think about the self, uh, regards to waste, because, of course, there's, like, garbage as well, which is a kind of form of waste. But yeah. the in, intrinsic waste is, like, yeah, wasting one's life is not using your life potentially for productive use. But actually, but I don't produ- know if that's productive true. Productive is a moral interpretation of how you spend your time. I, th- I mean, once you're past survival... Mm-hmm. Because you often ask me, oh, uh, or your, your comment is always like, oh, I wouldn't regret that on my deathbed. You bring that up like every other podcast. You'd be like, you're not mm-hmm. going to regret not doing that. And so that's yeah. kind of, uh, that's your comment on a, on a form of waste, right? Like that uh, whatever you won't regret <laughs> having spent time on. Well, the, there's always the, the, the short-term goals. It's like, oh, I, I need to fix this and fix that. And then I think it's nice to take a long view. And in the long view... The carpeting in your car, cleaning that up is not very important. Mm-hmm. It, like, yeah, I watched so the that's guy what spend I mean two days the cleaning his car in my in my parking <laughs> garage. <laughs> but at the same time, if he's enjoying it and it gives him this sense of accomplishment, and uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of my policy: is no judgment. However, you'd like to spend your life, go out yeah. and go ahead and do yeah. that. <laughs> you want to rape animals? Be my guest. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not accepting that. <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, if you want to uh, clean your car, for sure. If you're not harming anyone else. But then again, yeah. that's also kind of probably subjective. Well, All right, the, when I the, think of waste, though. The, 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 yeah, harming people, that's so hard. I, I always feel that ecology is the new Catholic guilt. Where mm. 
you're born in sin with all these desires. You you want to go on vacation. You want to have a new car. You want to drive in a convertible and take selfies. But you're destroying the you? planet. Do you really want to do that? <laughs> no, but I definitely like flying around. I like going on vacation. Well, Kristen was telling me that if you want to, you know, from a green standpoint, there was a a study published. It's like now curriculum and. Switzerland or Sweden right away or Sweden yeah, right away it's like oh they picked it up but about global warming like the, the three top things you can do um, to avoid to help with global warming and uh, number one on the list was don't have kids <laughs> yeah like that, that's like an official now government yeah so we have a free pass to fly around the world <laughs> mm, yeah the, but number two was like don't fly <laughs> and then <laughs> eating really meat good. yeah of course yeah. Um, but uh, flying, they were like, take one less flight a year. That was like one of the recommendations. Uh, or yeah, so you, so you would fly seventy nine times instead of eighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're both now settled. You're not. Are you flying anywhere else this summer? No. Well, yeah. maybe we're going to Christina's parents in Florida. Yeah, me too. I'm going to uh, Kristen's parents in DC. So uh, one more flight, just one more. Flight. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, so the the idea of waste is very. Uh, there's no absolutes. It's very. It's based on your own moral compass. Compass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, or someone else's, right? Because in that case, it's very wasteful to fly to DC. But I, if I didn't see my parents-in-law, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be great. When I think of waste, though, I can't help but think of business, and so. Because I, I, I'm like, my, one of my jobs um, as a design director, as a creative director at a software company is kind of to reduce waste. Like, I, like literally one of my mandates last year was to uh, make, in, make innovation more consistent, <laughs> less wasteful. But, but with a company, there's a, a very objective standard, and that is just ROI, profit, revenue, whatever, but the, it's numerical. But I, that's true, except when it comes to... Um, innovation there is uh, like it's it's kind of interesting it gets into the same moral quagmire where people have judgments about what a good use of time is yeah, yeah. Um, and it turns and so out that, that being inefficient helps creativity right you know we've i think we've talked about that on the podcast before like 20 percent time well uh, clayton like, christensen is the, the innovator's dilemma that's did mm-hmm. we talk about that we have talked about it. He's like, yeah. uh, he's like Constant Deller. It comes up every episode. <laughs> like yeah. Because it's in Constant Deller. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you, yeah. So the interesting thing, I think, is that the, it really got in, especially in startup culture or tech, uh, the tech world, waste became like a huge thing after this book, The Lean Startup, came out in uh, the mid-aughts uh, by Eric Ries. And it's about, and this concept of lean which is actually a Japanese idea, so you should be familiar with it. Um, and I think we talked about we've talked about lean a few times, which is mm-hmm. you know kind of a manufacturing uh, legacy out of the out of car manufacturing. Yeah. Maybe the concept like of waste is also tied to the concept of beauty. That uh, Americans, I think, really glorify scale and ambition, mm-hmm. and Europeans glorify efficiency more, and Japanese as well. So, look what we can fit into this little fridge. And America's yeah. like, look, we made the biggest fridge in the world. And so the <laughs> idea of waste is is uh, is very different for for them. Figure for Americans, figuring out how to fit more in a smaller container is a waste of time. But American businesses now like fully bought into waste uh, or managing yeah. waste. But at I, the same, I, I yeah, the, the 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 most wasteful thing to me, and I think that's why a lot of people who work in advertising have this guilt feelings, is that you're 
convincing people they need something that they don't need. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So, like, so you're like you're making your company super efficient and lean to sell things to people they don't need. Like you really need this new phone because your old one has one megapixel less. Right. Or you mentioned you mentioned uh, you really want to take selfies in convertibles a few minutes ago. Yeah. And uh, clearly that was an idea that was sold to you at a television ad or <laughs> yeah, music yeah. video. No, or it's something. from Zoolander Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, but one of the things interesting in that regard is that, like, um, at least in business, they talk about you know a previous generation of business was, it was all sort of technology driven or whatever product was produced, they'd be like, you know, marketing's job was to sell it. So it, it was like you know you could sell shit to a million people. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be good. The whole you know last hundred years were about just taking whatever shit was but, made but, in the world and selling it to people. But the, now. Sorry, yeah. No, that's the classic interruption, Rafael. <laughs> no, but in the last twenty years, what business has proclaimed, whether or not it's true, is that like we're we're like listening to the customer, we're listening to users, we're making exactly what they need, we're but wasting you know less that's not time. True. I I'm just saying, I'm not, hey, I'm just taking a position. This is what's this is the rhetoric, right? But, and but, yeah, yeah. But to me, it's interesting. Everybody has a certain amount of energy. Mm-hmm. And then you can decide to put that into an organization, like a company, or into exploring your own life. And you can decide what's a waste, what's not. Like Maybe you think talking to people is a waste of time and you want to climb a mountain. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you think talking to people is the most valuable thing and sports is a waste of time. So, mm-hmm. and, but what I mean is, for example, with this whole idea of lean living and the small house movement, and I, I want to have a, a life built on experiences and not on things... Mm-hmm. Then you get into this whole other side of things where you're flying around the world to have experiences and and mm-hmm. you're actually contributing more waste than if yeah. you would spend time uh, collecting stamps. Right. Yeah, because there's a sort of fear of missing out if you don't. Uh, like, I'm always, it's, al- it's always interesting when Kristen and I travel, like we go on vacation. As soon as we land, no matter where it is in the world, like we've flown somewhere, we've picked an Airbnb or whatever, we land there. And then immediately she's like, let's get a car and go to road trip. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go yeah. explore. I'd be like, we, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. we just, this is the furthest we've explored right here. <laughs> Can't we just like look around the next 10 feet and then do 10 feet after that? <laughs> I just heard this term Jomo. Do you know about that? No. The joy of missing out. Oh, that's great. That's well, like well, sitting on Instagram looking at a really lame party. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. That's like, I think that's called like after 40 or after 35. Yeah. <laughs> it's like after you've had kids or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friends who have had kids, they seem to have like, che- like it's an immediate permission or pass just to check out of all of all of the things that you used to feel oh, yeah. obligated to. Because yeah, yeah, of course... Yeah. Is obligation a form of waste? Like if a friend has a show or a party or something, uh, I often will be like, "Ooh, but I'd really like to work on this project instead." <laughs> but of course, I, I like I value relationships. Uh, but I might sit through like two bad performances, or I sit through some like terrible, you know, show with boring people, and then that kind of feels wasteful. Uh, but I, I always I feel this feeling of waste when I'm not creating content but absorbing content like when I'm reading or watching TV mm-hmm. um, I always feel kind of shitty afterwards Unless reading it, yeah even Re- that I'm just like why did I not make something amazing 
Like, mm. why am I absorbing other people's content? Well, this is a good way for us to get back to art and artists, <clears throat> which is that, you know, like, uh, inspiration or, you know, like, living life is a part of artistic uh, material or research. For some practice, artists. Right? Well, I mean, very few people know what they're going to make and then can sit in a, in a room for the next 30 years well, they, and just I, make I it. I think Solar Witt is kind of an example where he... Uh, kept his personality completely out of his work and it's mm-hmm. almost like a mathematical approach let's let, he developed a bunch of algorithms and he said okay let's let's uh, let these algorithms run wild in in different environments whether it's a, a print or a wall or a book mm-hmm. but he had to experience those environments a little bit i don't th- it's almost like a robot it's there's no emotional tie of of saying like oh i feel like this therefore the algorithm looks like that mm-hmm. but he sometimes installed his works Right. No, so he had to go I, I think he had a team. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, yeah. but well, like. No, but I mean, it's the opposite of M- Ernest Hemingway, where he's like, I have to live to work. Like, I, I have to get drunk and in a fist fight to be able to write about something. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he, yeah. I, it's conceptual. He was able to. Do, he could just. He could stay. He could be in prison. Is what you're saying? Maybe this yeah. is the definition. Yeah. <laughs> It's not based on social... But when I think about art and waste, I always think about um, relational aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Why is that? It's the first thing... Because it... it, Maybe not initially, because it was about personal relationships, but at some point it became all these very spectacular, huge, ambitious projects. Mm. It's like, oh, I'm not going to make a painting. I'm going to make an opera. Oh, but, but the things they address are really tiny things, but the installation is huge and requires a lot of labor and transport and materials. So mm-hmm. it's almost like describing... You can, have a, you can have a subtle relational aesthetics piece. like Yeah, but when I like, think of, of Philippe Pereno or Pierre Rigue, the, the Hollywood-sized mm-hmm. productions, mm-hmm. And, and it's almost like the, something you could do... What, my point is the work is very conceptual, idea-driven, Mm-hmm. And so it could be done in an email. You could you could describe a work or address a topic in an email with a sketch and a small drawing, mm-hmm. and describe that. Or you say, I need fifteen football fields with purple sand mm-hmm. and stardust, and I need to transport moon rocks and blah 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 to yeah. give you the same sensation. And it it's very different from the Sixteenth Chapel that kind of painting. Like there has to be that scale. Uh, it's not something mental that you could. But when I think of relational aesthetics, I think of personal relationships and a dialogue and a mental yeah. state. And then to make an ambitious physical installation or a movie about Zidane or whatever, and everything's Hollywood theme park sized. Yeah. Then but I, you're, br- that's you're bringing up a really interesting point. That's, that's kind of interesting to go back on your point earlier about reading. I had a teacher who once said, Jeremy, why would you go beyond the sketch? You know, like when I was in school. Just as a question, uh, and it really stuck with me as like a as a as sort of a almost this, like a truth. It's called the Society of the Spectacle. By this situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what, well? I mean, of course, you're referring to the spectacle that people seemingly require <laughs> that. For well, there's it to a be. numbness. There's a numbness if you keep getting hit hit if you if people keep hitting you harder. So if yeah. action movies, the effects keep going up and up and up. It's really hard to go back. There's an mm-hmm. inflation of ambition. Yeah, but I mean, with the with that sort of world, like you'd imagine that eventually it hits peak spectacle, right? The way classic rock hit peak spectacle, and then punk rock came along. Yeah, and then after that, maybe like people go back to a quieter 
form. Um, like, if you think about it, the internet is not spectacular. Like, if yeah. we were to think about yeah. internet art, yeah, it's absolutely. quite often... It's, it's the poor man's art, or woman. <laughs> but I think it's interesting to think of it in regards to what you just said, well, which is like... Yeah. I think internet art exactly is pure efficiency. Right, it's like direct eyeball to eyeball, machine to machine. Uh, here's the GIF. It looks just like the GIF on the other screen. Well, not Enjoy only that, it. but like five it, 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 to me, the computer is not even a cost you could count because you need it for so many things that mm -hmm. uh, everybody has one. Even if it's an old one, you can watch an animated GIF. So the idea that it's a given and that you don't have to travel and you don't have to buy a, a book or anything, you don't have to mm -hmm. spend any money to view the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, ba basically... The waste, I guess, would come from, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess the, the waste is that it's so constrained, right? But by its constraints, yeah. it's very similar to a book. I was just thinking, like, while you were speaking earlier, that it, books are a really efficient, unwasteful <laughs> format for the delivery, because it leverages the power of the imagination. But then the PDF is less wasteful than a book. Uh, no, but I mean, yeah, I guess so, and that it doesn't actually use paper, is that what you're referring to? But the wor words that on their own, right? Like Okay, the novel. Produce, yeah, like we mentioned, why go beyond a sketch? But then it's like, why go beyond a sentence? And of course, like, <clears throat> certain conceptual artists, or even, and poets and writers have said that forever, right? Like, the, the ultimate tool uh, for creating anything in the world is just to, to think it. But art, art, by definition, is uh, separate from need, so... That's already wasteful in so, in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, that's a really yeah. That's a bomb you just dropped. <laughs> that's true. We need a soundboard. Board. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I've been thinking about that so much, and I keep thinking like, I should set up this thing so that because I watched uh, Ghost in the Shell finally because I was able to watch the movie it. or the animation. No, I'd already seen the animation many times, so I wanted to see like the controversial the Scarlett Johansson movie. Scarlett Johansson one, yeah. Did you did you download it to mess with them? You're like, I'm I'm not gonna pay for your inappropriate casting. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to put that in the podcast, but like, why don't I say <laughs> <laughs> say it fell off the truck? <laughs> say that I didn't waste anything watching it <laughs> except my time. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. One thing that was nice is that they like cast the villains were all like the white Americans, and then like the heroes were like uh, you know yeah Japanese people, I guess. Yeah, especially um, the domestic feeling of the the mom making tea and the 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 people who are being oppressed. Yeah, because traditionally in movies, American movies, it's always like the yakuza gay. Yeah. <laughs> but I had heard that the movie was uh, whitewashing and super racist, so it was kind. Of, and I could see, obviously, like choosing Scarlett Johansson that they chose a white body for her. But then again, she didn't choose that body. So anyway, it's kind of interesting. And they made uh, a, a little narrative loop to make it okay. Because they said, they, oh, the, the corporation wants the robots to look Western. Did they say that? I, I missed that Yeah, bit. so it, it, I'm not even sure. Maybe I made that up. But it, it seems like they made a few loops of uh, leaps of logic uh, to make it okay. I think they could have included more Asian actors. I'm just going to go out and say that. that but what about know. people from other planets? They should be included, too. Other planets? Yeah, I'm just messing <laughs> <laughs> Well, just because it's... What about anyway. the other minerals? How did I Which, get on this? What thing? about iron and nitrogen? <laughs> yeah, Why is it yeah. always carbon in the movies? 
<laughs> oh yeah, but this is kind of interesting, right? Obviously, in that film, once uh, you can live without waste because you can sort of just body hop or uh, exist inside the machine, like the mm. Ray Kurzweil fantasy, which is like uploading my least the mind. It, yeah, it's like it make the singularity makes my skin crawl every time I hear about it. Though it's like, you know, I'm not even sure of all the politics, but I know they're wrong, and I, I think it's most of the also time the I feel like the fantasy of immortality is, is like the biggest that's it. ego. It's like there's no movie on the planet where immortality it does not make you like the ultimate horrible capitalist. Like, what if I could live in the cloud and just suck labor as energy into my <laughs> surfer farm? But but so that, that's the funny thing with this future of no jobs that while we're cutting out waste, we're actually creating a lot of waste because we're creating all these humans that don't know what to do with their energy. Mm-hmm. Right, I see what you're saying. So if we do get to see, even Marx felt like eventually technology would lead us to some utopia where you know we're all just post. It's like a post-capitalist society where we have plenty of leisure time, right? Even mm-hmm. like the most you know, staunch communists believe this would eventually come, but by then, like half the world would be dead. But the few survivors or the one percent, whoever survives, would have this like wonderful. And we're probably in the one percent if you look at us in relationship to the whole world, right? Yeah. You and I, if you look at the 7 billion people on the planet, are part of the 1%. So we're probably, we'll, the likelihood that we inherit some sort of a, or we have already inherited. The, the, the likelihood that we benefit from technotopia. Yeah, is very high. Yeah. And I, we'll be I, I like, don't know, though. That, that we might benefit from it materially, but I don't know if we benefit from it. I, I think I brought this up before, but that ideal societies don't make for the happiest people. Mm, right, we'd, we'd be really bored, is what you're saying. Yeah, or... or um, but then you're romanticizing struggle, which I think is no, always like, but th- there's, there's a specific thing now in northern countries where euthanasia is already normalized, and I'm, I'm all for it, I'm not against it. I think if mm. someone is in pain, then they want to uh, check out early, that's fine. But then there's this thing called completed life, where... Y- you don't have any physical pain, you're not severely depressed, but you're just like, yeah, I think I've lived enough, so I want some assistance in suicide. And um, I think in southern countries where the family ties are stronger, I don't know if this feeling exists as much. Where There's a feeling in the northern countries where if, if elderly people are taken care of physically, yeah. they have good housing, they have good health care, but they're lonely and the kids are too busy to come and visit their parents. What is where is this completed life? I've never heard about this before. In the where, Netherlands. Wow, it sounds like a video game, like, like yeah. that you like go through yeah. different like stages and you earn th- a completed life. I thought life. I mentioned it before, and it, it, I'm 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 for it. I, I'm not against it, but I think it's an interesting outcome of social yeah. engineering of making a society that's working perfectly according to statistics. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, average lifespan is great, health is great. Education is great, income is great, GDP is great, uh, equality and in income, blah, blah, blah. But then it turns out that family families feel like their parents are taken care of when they're 85 and nobody wants to visit grumpy, grumpy grandpa. Mm-hmm. But when you need grumpy grandpa to look at the kids because you can't afford daycare, then at least grumpy grandpa feels like there's a need for it to stay alive. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I, I'm saying there's a lot of levers and, and one of those levers is like, Infrastructure and healthcare, and and, and, and every upside has an. an, an you pull yeah, one right. lever up, and another lever goes down. So. Well, as long as you're making the decision and not the person who it affects, then probably it's going to have a downside. Yeah. Would be my uh, would be my. Analysis. So yeah, I think 
I keep thinking about waste that waste is really up to what you what your priorities are yeah yeah and that those can be self-guided however I think it comes all comes back to you know how we uh, how your waste might affect the others and then I was having this conversation with Kristen yesterday we had a long conversation about waste because she's like study she teaches biology and stuff but really like she I don't know I was making the argument that like it's impossible to escape the moral obligations in any context because we were talking about recycling which is like she, she's like big recycling keeps pushing the recycling agenda on us or something. <laughs> <laughs> she's like don't, don't they see it's more complicated than that and I was like well you know it's like as a social thing it's important that we, you know it's like a collective act like not everything is a solitary act there are yeah. some social acts and she's like that's so so like that's so pro-social of you like <laughs> like why can't we all just live I and mean, anyway yeah. i was like you can't we had this conversation where it eventually led to you can't really think of a human without another human in relationship with that human like there are, there's almost no situations where a human uh acts alone without a relationship to another human mm-hmm. in fact probably it's never existed in the yeah. because we're social creatures just but, like but, a lot uh, of but, animals and for example in ecology there's things you can measure so um, if you think of a hobby then poetry as a hobby will have less of an impact than if you're a pilot as a hobby and you have a little airplane mm-hmm. so there's there's an objective standard you could argue about should we recycle paper or is actually the recycling causing more harm than good but there are things where it's like, okay, my hobby is to collect cars. And, of course, that's more wasteful <clears> than to collect flowers. Well, her point was simply that, like, by recycling, we were making ourselves feel good. That, yeah. we, were tr- that we were doing something. When, doing in fact, part. Yeah, I'm doing my part. And that, actually, she was staring, sharing some statistics with me. Which, that leads people to sometimes consume more. Like, it's people like buy Ikea more Coca-Cola in yeah. glass bottles because it's a glass. Oh, I can have this. It's it's reci- yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Ecologi- ecological. I can have I always, this. I always look at Ikea because people think it's really cheap. <laughs> right. Because they always have a, a $1 frying pan. So you go there and say, <laughs> how can they make any money on this? It's only $1 for this frying pan. And then you buy tons of other stuff that's not that cheap. And you still yeah. feel like you got a good deal. Right. Uh, I can tell you how they make uh, money. <laughs> they make money on that. Yeah, well, I guess you're probably right that they're they're probably losing money on the frying pan. But probably it's all also. about the meatballs. Someone's losing in that equation. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that's, actually, that's the funny thing about waste is if you're more efficient, it's always at a loss for someone else. Because if you decide, okay, I'm I'm fine with a smaller house, then the the real estate agent makes less money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's got to. I mean, transformation is always on a social level, so it's really hard to hard to tease out. Uh, and I guess well, I economy argue, is also based on the more money gets passed around, the better for everyone. Uh, which yeah, is the I opposite guess if, of waste. Because it, 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 maybe we should talk about frugality. Okay, I know this. Is, you've been waiting for this moment for like thirty-five well, I think, podcast I think, episodes. Yeah, but I think both of us. It's a big part of our life that you you definitely yeah. spend less than you earn. Yeah, like I was saying, I was sort of lamenting, or not really lamenting, but thinking to Kristen yesterday that like at at about age 25, I kind of reached a level that I thought was an acceptable way to live. And then I haven't really changed anything in terms of how I live my life. Mm -hmm. Like You haven't upgraded your car or your... 
No, no, I haven't. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, actually, I've lived in the same home for 10 years. Now I own it. That's the only difference. Uh, more than 10 years now. I, like, yeah, I find a lot of my furniture in the trash. I was doing that when I was in my 20s, too, and I just, like, repair it. Um, I grew but, up But you don't, you don't have an interest in... Um, like, so that's that's what I mean. So this is a, you're you're saving by not buying expensive furniture, but you also have an interest in creativity. So you would want to help young furniture designers by buying mm, the work. Interesting. Yeah. Like that's I, what I, I mean. Your waste or your saving means less creativity somewhere else. Right. But I, if, I guess if, yeah. if you decide not to always buy the new phone, then the phone industry will feel less inclined to innovate, and that might generate some amazing product in the future. So by not participating, you're slowing that down. That's true. And, you know, there's always the great example of like, you know, uh, when you flood a market with something free, too, you can create a lot of uh, like devastating, wasteful effects. Like after the Haitian earthquakes, the Red Cross flooded the ha Haiti with free rice and destroyed the <laughs> local local rice economy. No, it's true. Yeah. And so like it's, now it's and so it, made, decision, it made people in Haiti yeah. poorer, you know. Through, through yeah. the generosity, like, so Americans like, yeah, let's donate to the Red Cross, let's get rice for the Haitians, and then all the rice arrives, and they're like, fuck, there's too much rice now, and all of yeah. our local rice producers can't compete against free rice. The same thing is true of, like, donating your used clothes, right? The same thing with this influx of European artists in New York. <laughs> the Americans are broke. <laughs> yeah. They can't compete against these edgy yeah. Europeans. Yeah. Anyway, with the, with yeah. the uh, government subsidized, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to think that it's it's usually not as simple as it as it as it seems. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't engage with it. But but, but let's look at the out. personal scale for a second, mm -hmm. where you, I, I've heard you talk about this different times where you'll go to different grocers and compare prices, and that's kind of not in proportion to your income. Like you you can afford to just buy the most expensive one, and you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. And so my, my idea sometimes is that frugality be, can become an obsession and a hobby, and it will actually cost you so much time that in that time you could have made amazing things. But You're you talking about com commodity kind of economics, though, which I think is interesting to th talk about, too, in relation to the podcast. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about, uh, I'm, I'm from the Netherlands and from a farmer's family, so a lot mm -hmm. of my uncles and aunts are obsessed with saving money. And more obsessed with saving than earning. So they're more obsessed with uh, redoing. My uncle was redoing his house. It's a big four-story building. And he took out all the old nails and he was re-straightening them with a machine. Spending all this time where economically, if he would just have thrown them all out and fixed it up quicker and rented it out, he would have made mm -hmm. a lot more money. But then the, the frugality actually becomes expensive. So you're, you're focused on not wasting and that means you're wasting time. Maybe but that's what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. If, if the economy is the only reason we exist, which is a, a sad. Yeah, there's different. Statement. There's different ways to measure time. So you could mm -hmm. measure. Uh, there's different ways to measure success. So there's economic success. There's time with your family. I, I'm not. I'm just saying. Sometimes, saving can become an inefficient obsession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I don't disagree. One of the most controversial things that ever happened at FreshBooks was uh, we got this new. Uh, CTO, uh, sorry, CFO, Chief Financial Officer, and the first thing he did was cut the snacks budget. <laughs> and I, I swear did to God, make him popular. I swear to God, like nearly the whole company was like, "That's it, we're out, we're leaving, we're going to go to these other companies." <laughs> and 
like he didn't realize that like that that was like an, an indicator of something like some self-respect like that we could afford we were working hard and so we deserved like yeah. nature valley not this like uh not like signature series from costco or whatever kirkland yeah. lake or something we're not we're not in that the people who woke up from the matrix and they have to eat the goo <laughs> well the reason snacks exist in startups and maybe this is an interesting segue into some tech news which is uh yeah the reason that that came up was because people were working late and under a lot of stress and like you turned Pizza to and s- coca-cola that was the classic software engineer <clears throat> diet yeah now it's smoothies like uh and like uh roast turkey or something like that yeah. but like if but uh, yeah th- there's a, a lot of investors like to invest in companies that started in uh, difficult economic times because they've grown up with this ethic of not wasting it's really interesting yeah so uh, startup culture originally was really bare bones so when i started out in it like my first job was by accident i was like are you serious this is where we're working it was like there were mouse mice running around and like cockroaches and it was an old warehouse and really like I, and i've been working in advertising so i was used to like a spectacle when you entered work don't like, ad, agencies work. Always, <laughs> ad agencies always have a drum kit somewhere that nobody uses. Yeah, yeah. Like there'd be <laughs> props. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like where is the the treehouse for my meeting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like startup culture when I first uh, got into it was like I remember you know like it's bare bare bones like and I was like this is interesting. I actually kind of respected it. I was like I respect this like it how- fits your upbringing. Yeah, it kind of fit my upbringing because my mom was like a refugee, and so she scrimped and saved everything. And I think we've talked about a lot of the Europe's like scrimping and saving is post-war kind of scrimping and saving. Anyway, so I respected that like idea, and it wasn't like at the expense of the workers, people being paid fairly. So it was like, okay, pay people fairly, and then like there's no need for this other stuff because we might be out of business uh, if we go on. But then over time, startups became like more and more. You'd hear stories about like. Of course, ping pong tables and like luxurious snacks. Yeah, like champagne fountains and like Mm -hmm. weird stuff, like bouncy castles, a lot of excess. And you'd be like, what is going on here? And it was like under the guise of competing for talent. Oh, well, we need to look, we need to compete for talent, right? And that's a real thing. It's like like Google offers free food for everybody 24 hours a day and makes them competitive. Yeah. It's an investment, but at the same time, that means people spend more time at work. So yeah, apparently, right? But it's like so. It's interesting because this uh, last week, SoundCloud, um, you know, announced that they're closing Which a we're, bunch of we're their using, offices. We're using to distribute our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like full disclaimer, <laughs> we we love and use SoundCloud to distribute our podcast. Which I always think we should do open source, and now we didn't do it, and it's going to bite us in the ass. <laughs> and what is the open source solution that we could use? I don't even know. You can use WordPress and have a, a, a plugin for podcasts. Oh, WordPress. Don't get me started. But then there's <laughs> risk of hacking. All right. I'm not going to do any PHP templates. Anyway, so let's go. <laughs> if we go back to um, if we go back to SoundCloud, though, like it came out that not only was SoundCloud, did SoundCloud know they were going to be in financial trouble, and by the way, they made an announcement that that they were closing all these offices and then rumors came out that they have about 50 days left of funding and then Chance the Rapper (laughs) came forward (laughs) the plot thickens (laughs) and said like don't worry I'm going to figure this SoundCloud that thing out and uh, I don't know if that's how he speaks that's stupid that I spoke that way but anyway yeah yeah, he's like I got this and um, and uh, and they're like okay don't worry SoundCloud's going to be around for a long time however 
uh, they cut a bunch of people's jobs, and they and they knew that they were going to cut these jobs, even as they kept hiring. Wasn't it forty percent of their staff? It, yeah, it was yeah, a pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah, but the other thing is the staff commented, and I think it was really interesting. I was reading the TechCrunch was the first one uh, to sort of like get this news story out there, and almost no one. I never read TechCrunch. Like I figured it's like the worst reporting, but this is actually pretty good reporting. And they're like, the employees were, uh, you know, were were upset to find out that they knew that they that they were in trouble financially, the management, but they didn't cut any of the snacks budgets or any of the catering. <laughs> they had catered lunches twice a week. And if we only had known, if they had only told us they were in trouble, then we probably would have agreed to cutbacks a lot sooner. Yeah, so yeah. one of the interesting things was that they like delayed cutting or like delayed like trimming the waste, right? Because there's a lot of waste built into the, how they were operating. But maybe Until the waste was also the, the people that were there. And this is an excuse to get rid of unmotivated people. 40%. Uh, I mean, so yeah, then that's an interesting conversation about SoundCloud in general. If we want to just talk about SoundCloud, I don't know if that belongs in this episode, but SoundCloud, whenever I use the product, because we've been using it now, what, for like a year? Yeah. Almost a year. Now we're getting close to our one year anniversary, right? In a couple months. And I don't know if you feel this way, but like I, when I'm using it, like especially as a podcaster, I'm like, wow, there's like a wasted opportunity here. This is another kind of waste, like the opportunity, like if there's an opportunity that they could take advantage of and they're not. Like, for example, if SoundCloud, this is a question for you, if they were able to create a, a like special podcasting like back end for podcasters that allowed you to promote your podcast, to distribute it, uh, see your numbers. Also to record, record on podcast itself. You both log in and it's yeah. easy. Yeah. Maybe like... Uh, But there's also something about focus. If they're just focused on musicians and mixes and, and mixtapes and new songs, then mm -hmm. maybe that's a waste of energy. But the thing that you always hear about SoundCloud is they got caught up. It became very hard for them to monetize the mixtape because there was a lot of copyright material, right? So... They could do some advertising alongside it, the same way YouTube does, but they couldn't like charge to sell access to like a mixtape, you know, that's appropriating someone else's music or or some copyright material. However, like as a podcaster, we're creating an original content and they have plans for consumers to listen, but they don't have any like they're not asking us to pay for anything. And I feel like they could. No, we pay seven dollars a month. Oh, we do. I, I do. didn't know. I didn't know you. Were <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel like? Uh, <laughs> shit, I owe you a Oops, lot of money. That, that goes. Oh wait, I that goes your hosting. whole segue. I host. Yeah, that's my whole segue. God, but I feel like that they could be making more from us in a way, and from our listeners. Probably. I don't know. There's there's a special podcast hosting service called Libsyn. I, I researched a bit SoundCloud alternatives for podcasters. Mm. And there's a new uh, one called like Anchor too, right? Okay. Yeah, and they're pretty pretty expensive. Uh, My own website is a WordPress site, which I have to pay someone to make sure it doesn't get hacked because WordPress sites get hacked all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty expensive. And that's because like 30% of the internet is WordPress sites. So it's an easy target. Yeah. It's like Windows malware. And, um, but if for me, the my, my personal website something that is very important and is, is my archive of everything so I want it to exist regardless if a company does well or not mm -hmm. uh, so I want to have access to the content but for the podcast it was more a quick thing but mm -hmm. yeah we'll see what SoundCloud does but this is exactly an example where you see the downsides of a proprietary partner yeah 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 well that's the thing we're worried about is that the waste that we've invested in this this is where I wanted to get we've invested in this like 
platform called SoundCloud. I didn't realize we were paying for it. (laughs) 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 So not only we invested our energy in it, right? Like think of all of the, and I think we've talked about this a little bit. But people subscribe on iTunes. And I think you can, whatever feed you use behind it. Sure. But we've really helped build that platform up, right? With our free labor. And that's not, that hasn't been, and then, and we've also paid them money, right? And yet that's still not enough for this thing to exist yeah. in the world. And yeah, I think so the, the, it, an example of a company that is not prioritizing or not using their energy in the right way, because it, it seems like there would be plenty of material and exciting things to work with to have a healthy company. Yeah, and you kind of said something interesting a few seconds ago or minutes ago, which is like focus is important, right? And that maybe they, you know, maybe the, you know, there's this myth, I guess, that if a company's unfocused, then it's wasting money, right? But then if a company's too focused, that they're not diversifying <laughs> enough. Yeah, well, y- your point about they, they can't monetize copyrighted content, that's a big problem. So if they keep focusing on mixtapes, then. Uh... Yeah, but also in the Valley, there's this concept of like companies, these, you know, like Facebook and Google, they do these things called moonshots, right? Where they waste a lot of money. <laughs> like on VR? Poten- yeah, but the potential, re- <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, but the return, if we if we get to the moon, but we're okay if we crash. Or like if Elon Musk crashes like a hundred rockets, the potential payoff if we get it right eventually is like exponentially Well, that's larger. maybe my point about frugality getting in the way of mm-hmm. so if you're focused on not wasting you're probably going to lose out on a lot of opportunities right yeah you're not going to experiment you're not going to try new things and that's yeah. the same thing with art because it, it economically it's a total moonshot and a total waste but at the same time it's never a waste of time because you had fun doing it that's actually a really good point um I, ooh, touche. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's definitely like a good point it's moment. A GP. Where, <laughs> that's our yeah, that's our intellectual <laughs> property right there. Trademark. Uh, no, but like I think you're absolutely right. Like, why make art? You know, if there's no, in, the chance of payout economically is very low, but it could be very high. Yeah. Like it's like one percent of people are maybe going to get a return. But why continue to try? Like I feel like I've tried so many different things and I fail. Maybe like you don't fail as often as I do, but I fail like nine times out of ten. I but feel your like, whole w- body of work is about failure. So every time you fail, you, you build the body of work. <laughs> but he's always maybe you've had this probably. Before, You're going to have is, a book at the end of your life called My Ten Thousand Failures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I really enjoy failure to a certain extent, and I think probably just like you, every once in a while, I'll have a show or I'll do something, and it's a. T- I feel like it's a total bomb right after, like. I was and I was actually just uh, like watched a friend perform last night and he he was like cursing and swearing during the performance. He's like, <laughs> "What the fuck is going on with the sound?" Like he's yelling. It was like such yeah. an artist moment. I think with performances, it's really brutal. It's it's like he- <laughs> heaven or hell. It's uh, fire yeah. or ice. Yeah. And I've, I was like so sympathetic because I've definitely been there. Where he's like, "Oh my god!" Like I worked for months to get ready for this moment and you couldn't do the sound check properly. Anyway, so but what I wanted to say was like sometimes you'll launch a project and then. A couple years later, sometimes three years later, maybe four or five years later, someone's like, whoa, what was that brilliant thing you did like half a decade ago? But half a decade ago, like someone wrote a trashy review or like this guy sucks. He's jumped the shark or yeah. whatever. Uh, and so, you know, that's that was it a waste? You know, it was well, a waste. Wh- one thing I think is if, if you're spending time on art, it's never wasted. That's a good Be- point. Because, yeah. because the, the whole idea of art is wasting time. So... Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Brian Eno said culture is everything you don't have to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that you and I, I was trying to explain, I've tried to explain this to other partners I've had, like, and, but Kristen is great. Kristen, my my partner, um, she was an artist, and so she doesn't question when I'm, like, in agony making new work or stressed out about something. You manage your time a lot better than I do, Raphael, but sometimes I could spend, like, Well, you have weeks. three jobs. <laughs> right. And, yeah, so I'm always working. She's like, you're a workaholic. I was like, well, I mean, that would that would be if I qual- if it qualified as work, but I don't really think of it as work. It's for me. For me, it's well, like I not think, really Well, I think aholic means also that it's detrimental to your health. Mm-mm-mm. And that, that but the thing is here. Here's a question. Like, so what? Like, if it was, if I was a wrestler, if I loved wrestling, or if, say I loved football, right? And like, I, I just like, I, and the, the the coach coach was like, if you get one more concussion, Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna uh. you're gonna be out of the game. <laughs> just put me in the game, coach. Like, if that was the situation, right? Like, I live for that one last yeah, player. Yeah, but if, it, if, if, it's, if, if you work so much that you your wives keep leaving you and you're alone, and mm-hmm. like, if you can't put energy into human relationships and you, you're yeah. so obsessed with goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I've met, definitely met people, and I was this person where it was like, I didn't want to stop working to eat because I'd be like, oh, man, and I... I'd be like, eating is such a pain. Such it gets a waste no way- of time. Such a waste of time, yeah. And I work well, with a guy. Well, that's the Soylent Company, yeah. Yeah, it was about, like, that was literally what I was going to say. I work with a guy just like this uh, at FreshBooks, and he drinks Soylent at lunch. And I, I've asked him why over and over again. He's like, well, because then I have to think about going to get food. <laughs> I have to, like, stop what I'm doing. Why wouldn't I just have Soylent? And then I can continue just doing what I love. Yeah. I, I that, that, to me, is a, a very North... European th- mentality. Mm, what's that? Well, I, I don't think anybody in Italy or in Spain thinks <laughs> that food is a waste of time. Right. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the no. most fun. Like, I don't want to have sex. It's a waste of time. Like, well, it does take a long time, I guess, if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but, th- but that mentality, like, it's thinking of spending time with your children or uh, skiing or. Uh, all the things that afterwards you're like man that was really fun and mm-hmm. think going dancing or uh, going for a picnic and th- thinking of that as a waste of time or feeling guilty that you're not working yeah i mean yeah i guess yeah it's i mean not especially really... if you're if you're working on accounting software and you're like no i, I can't spend time eating I, I gotta make this software so freelancers can log their hours a bit quicker <laughs> <laughs> what i think is interesting in that regard is like I don't know. This has been a bit of a rambling episode, uh, sort of halfway point, or we're almost over, but apology to our listeners in a, in a way. But I think like I often can think about whether I'm wasting my time working um, as a creative director or wasting my time being an artist, right? Like it, on both sides, because I do. And I know a lot of our listeners tried to do both things, right? And they're like, they're probably, you're probably asking yourself like, what if I invested more of my time in my professional uh, practice, like as an artist, uh, maybe I'd be more successful as an artist, but what if I invested more of my time in my professional life as like uh, making money? Like maybe I could make more money and be happier. Yeah. And uh, it's like a kind of a classic. Catch but then you 22. still want to find furniture on the street and have that thrill. Well, yeah, that's me. But I, I mean, I think that the, that's, there's not an answer for you, right? Like it's if you're getting because I was I, I spoke earlier this week. I did like a UX 
user experience talk at a, a thing and someone came up to me after I, I gave it actually my talk was about waste uh, and it was about ri- waste in relationship with risk mitigation which sounds just super boring but I made it exciting because <laughs> uh, like, you I, had AI <laughs> involved <laughs> yeah like well when I give business talks now too I like I think of the more like art talks so like I I like had Mauricio Catalan references and paintings and stuff and tried to talk about but were you in character with the turtleneck and everything um, it's kind of like halfway uh, okay. I do like this halfway point now and which makes it just like a fun way to talk about business it's kind of like this podcast right like I'm like half in character but um, I, I afterward I was sort of like talking you know after you do these talks usually there's like a lot of at least in Toronto a lot of younger or people people or that are trying to get into the industry or people that are in the industry and frustrated come to these events anyway I was mobbed by great people But one one guy was like, yeah, like, I just can't, uh, I can't get uh, my boss to believe in, 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 in user experience. It's always like advocating for, for user experience. It's always like the thing that's like, oh, design, like, they just don't get how important it is. And I was like, eventually I said to this guy, I was like, I mean, why are you working here? You know, because he was skilled enough that he could probably move jobs. And he was so frustrated, like he had wasted so much energy thinking about Trying to, to make conv- that company better? Yeah, trying to convince someone above him of the value of, of himself, right? And I thought, I said, I look, I don't have an answer for assholes. Yeah. Like, I was like, you gotta, eventually there's a line um, where your own values intersect, right? Like, you don't don't compromise on your own that's values a, for someone else. That's a good else. point about uh, undervaluing design. Like, a, a lot of consumer electronics were developed by engineers, and at, at the end they're like, okay, you designers, just pick a nice color. Yeah, just like make a nice pretty box for this. Put thing. a little skin on it. And mm-hmm. if you think of design as also an efficiency, so, okay, if a laptop is thinner or if it feels better in your hand, it's a better laptop if it's not huge and has a lot of fans and yeah. etc. So it's not just the specs and how fast the process is, it's the whole. And so often the same thing with food, like thinking of that as a waste of time. But at the same time, if you're nourishing your body well with whole foods and and, because Soylent to me is the ultimate processed food. It seems like a terrible thing long term. Yeah. I mean, the point I'm trying to make, though, is like, well, it's twofold. Yeah. Design as an advocacy, like most of the world thought that was a waste of time to like design. The design was a waste of time. Most of the business world was like, absolutely like design is only like almost like a, a veneer for marketing, right? Yeah. And then, but there's also the huge waste that's gone into, and there was like another speaker at this event from IBM, which recently announced that they were, you know, going to become the biggest design company in the world. Do you remember that announcement? And they, no, they're like, they're teaching their whole workforce, which is like, I don't know, like 40,000 people design thinking methods. And, and <clears throat> this designer you know was presenting on, on like how it was she was having a hard time in IBM convincing IBM that design was important <laughs> so it's like <laughs> if IBM. any place should appreciate design it's IBM yeah and so and but I've seen this talk now like dozens of times where it's like how to advocate for design within your organization and I can't imagine the amount of waste that's gone into that but how many yeah. other industries have to do that like but it, it's funny this same obsession with with design can also be wasteful where you're like oh my couch is old I need a new one and it, yes it's a more beautiful couch and you'll be happier but at the same time the old couch was comfortable it was fine mm-hmm. and so that's the whole product cycle thing where design becomes a tool for product cycles and for f- fashionizing 
utilities. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. At the same time, design in the last 10 or 15 years has matured to try and be more human-centered. You know, so human se- you know, the last 15 years of design have been about it's always been human-centered in the best cases, like back all the way back to like you know, Ray and Charles Eames. But now it especially now, like new product innovation is supposed to come from observing your customer or your user or whomever is going to use your product and and their needs the things they don't yet know they need right and sort of in then come arriving with the solution and then be like imagine if someone if the cha- if a cha- if chairs didn't exist and you notice people leaning up against rocks or like making things out of you know uh, found wood or something and they're really uncomfortable and you're like hey take this plush couch one day right you're like enjoy this like leather yeah, sofa yeah, yeah. And then but they'd the, be like but, oh but, I didn't know I needed this it's fantastic yeah. but the, this I didn't know I need this can go very far right? mm-hmm. it's like oh you have these sheets but did you ever try Egyptian cotton and then uh, of course it's softer but it's also a waste of resources in, in some people's eyes mm-hmm Right, I see what you're saying, because it's like, I didn't know life could feel so luxurious, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like so pampered. But it, that those methods were developed to actually reduce waste, uh, because you spend less time building the wrong thing. So most of uh, the history of design and business has been companies thinking they knew what was right for a large market, you know, and then being wrong about it. Uh, but having spent billions of dollars to figure out they were wrong. I, I guess waste is really dependent on what your goal is. That's basically, for, my, for me, is the conclusion. What's your goal? And then it's really easy to calculate what mm-hmm. is waste. So if your goal is to lose money, yeah, a lot of businesses uh, did that. <laughs> yeah, but if, if your goal is to hang out and smoke weed, then a career is a waste of time. Right. But if you want to uh, have a brain that functions... Uh, don't do that when you're a teenager. <laughs> like, it, like your goals change throughout life. So yeah, that's uh, a I don't know. Yeah, I, I I suppose we, if your goal is getting laid, then go then to the d- gym. Don't listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, go to the gym. Sure. I, yeah, that's true. I figured uh, going to the gym is a total waste. I, like I'll, I'd rather bike to work or something like that. But there are a lot of the, what I consider waste is is maybe totally useful for someone else. And you might think of some people might think meditation is wasteful because they're totally chill already. But for someone with an OCD, you know, complex or something like that, it's super useful. And they couldn't get through the day without. It. Anyway, this is kind of getting to this point where we're just placating. Yeah, um, truisms. We're in the loop, but interesting. Should it's we too just, big, it's uh, a really uh, big topic. Yeah. Should we just wrap it up and go to the field recording? Yeah. So you have a uh, you may, you have a field recording that made me laugh out loud when I heard it. Yeah, that's always a good thing. That's not a waste <laughs> of time. Not a waste of time at all. No, it's never a waste to laugh. That's for sure. No one ever says that. Ah, oh, what a waste! I laughed so hard. <laughs> no, that the you you can laugh about the wrong thing and really hurt someone. Ah, uh, that would be a waste. Damn, comedians yeah. have regretted many jokes over the years. Yeah, actually, but, we should talk uh, about that someday. Like, because comedy comedy does a gone lot. wrong. Well, no, but comedy does a lot of they create a. There's very little waste in comedy in that like comedians try a lot of material. I mean, there's a lot of waste. They try a lot of material. They throw a lot away. But as a form of entertainment, it's very bare compared to action movies. Like, no, exactly. Think of the production. Yeah. Pro- yeah. 
they get to like the kernel the like yeah as an emotional response they trigger it with well, the, a few I, words i think that's what appeals to me about it that it's a singular voice mm-hmm. about comedy yeah it's a, it's a lot like art yeah well yeah even more because art, often there's assistants and gallerists and uh, things and i guess mm-hmm. comics can also have ghost writers and yeah no but the best comics you're right write their own material they're like live they're like they they play the audience like an instrument they kind of they it's a fine-tuned kind of relationship um with very you know with the only waste being creative uh time and energy but anyway you have a funny field recording yeah i i wasn't sure if it was funny but it is a field it, it i was in yakushima an island in the south of japan it's it's a separate island from the main island and it has ancient trees and natural hot springs. So I had my exhibition. It's hilarious. Shit's funny. (laughs) This context. And there was a little supermarket slash uh, department store because it's a small island, not so many people. So it was several shops in one. And they played this sort of MIDI sounding music, which you hear a lot in convenience stores and supermarkets in Japan. So uh, we'll listen to some supermarket music from Yakushima. It's so good. Yeah. See you guys next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And, yeah, keep sending in your topics. Um, Send us some ads. We do need field recordings. Also, yeah, we need a lot from you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.